Welcome to the Rebel Speaker Podcast, where we break the tried and true presentation rules so that you can create a speech that stands out, makes an impact, and positions you as the go-to expert. And now your host, the instigator of the presentation rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Hello, 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 Rebel Speakers. Today in the Movement Makers Spotlight, I am featuring book coach Jenny Nash because I do believe that a book can start a movement. She is the founder of the Author Accelerator, a strategic book coaching service that offers the sustained editorial support writers need to complete their projects and make a powerful impact on their target audience. For eight years, writers serious about reaching readers have trusted Jenny to coach their projects from inspiration to publication, landing top New York agents and book deals with houses such as Scribner and Simon & Schuster. And fun fact, Jenny is responsible for helping me develop the three-word rebellion framework. She teased it out of me. So what we're going to be doing on this show today is taking her through the three-word rebellion framework and also asking a question or two about book writing. So welcome, Jenny, to the Rebel Speaker Podcast. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here. Yes. So we are going to do the three-word rebellion questions, and I'm so excited to hear more about the movement you're creating with books. So the first question is, what are you rebelling against? I am rebelling against the myth that writing a book is as easy as slapping together a few blog posts or that you can hack your way to a bestseller. I can't Mm. stand the programs that promise writers a quick fix or an instant bestseller or a smooth path to becoming a thought leader because it's just not that easy. And something that came up with me when you're talking about that is like the whole Amazon bestseller thing. Like people are like, oh, and I'll get you to be an Amazon bestseller. That's a thing right now. It's a huge thing. And, and you can slice and dice your way to that. You get a little flag on your, um, if you go look at Amazon, there's a little bestseller. It's a little orange flag. And it's not that hard to get. It's, it's you know, you think you have to sell 100 books or something, you know, and then people go around saying, I'm a bestseller. And, you know, it's like we've devalued what it actually means to have an impact. It, we used to, bestseller used to be a sort of shorthand term for a book that had an impact. And now it's just, it's sort of something else entirely. It's, it's like you hacked your way to getting the little orange flag. And it makes me crazy because if you listen to authors, literally no one is not a bestseller anymore. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So yeah, I am rebelling against this whole idea that that it's easy, that it's fast, that it's hackable. It's not. Writing a book is, writing a book that moves people, that impacts people, that Mm -hmm. causes action to be taken is not simple. It's not easy. It's something that must be intentionally crafted, which means writers need support. And and that's where I stand is that I, I offer that support 
especially at the beginning of the process. There's so many interesting things that I see that you're rebelling against. Yes, the Amazon orange flag. I know when I did my last book, Speak for Impact, which was something I did Tara Gentile's creative live course on publishing a book in five days, Yeah, <laughs> which was great. And I was, you know, it took me like a month to do it. And it was, I think I sold 140 copies to get the little bestseller flag next to the book. Yeah. It wasn't a ton of copies and it was, like some of the people who follow me and my friends bought the book. <laughs> yeah. And the things to think about here, people always ask me, does that mean that you're against NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel mm. Writing Month, for example, where people mm. write 55,000 words in a month and it's a wonderful writing community and very inspirational. Uh, you know, am I against the fact that Amazon gives you that little flag? Of course. And, uh, you know, of course not. The answer is, of course, I'm not against those things. Anything that helps a writer do their work or get inspired or learn their craft is a good thing. I just believe you have to be intentional. You have to understand what the process is really about and what you're trying to do with this book. Just slapping something together is not going to have the impact that you want in the world. There, there are no more unhappy people in publishing than already published writers who didn't do their work well. Let me say that in a different way. The most disgruntled people are those that didn't take the time to develop their idea. And you know, what I always say is, just because you can write a book now, anybody can write a book now and publish it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> that's my, that's my, one of my battle cries. I know you say they're not supposed to be negative, but just because you can write a book doesn't mean you should. You should. Yeah. yeah. The reflection point that I have for you, it's like, it's about going in with this intention of making an impact and, you know, selling 140 books isn't actually making an impact. It's selling 140 books. It's not like you've become this international sensation. You're not on the New York times, you know, and it's for me, like Amazon bestseller status, it's kind of like TEDx, like almost anybody can do a TEDx and it's not yeah. as exclusive as doing the TED event itself, or it's not as exclusive as, I mean, you can self-publish and get on the Wall Street Journal, like top bestsellers, and that means something, but... Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what we're talking about here is intention and what your goal is for why mm -hmm. you want to write a book in the first place. And that's a, a step a lot of people just skip over. They, they, we have this idea of what it means to be a writer, what it means to have a book in the world. And it's a very romantic idea, right? Mm -hmm. it's, and, and, you know, I am among these people, so I'm not disparaging the, the dream because I have had every, I've published eight books every single time the book has come out. I have thought that I'd be, you know, I'm going to be on Oprah. I mean, I just have. And then mm -hmm. when it doesn't happen, I'm sort of like shocked, like, you know, why didn't she call? But, um, you know, we all want to have an impact. That's what writing a book is about. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the kind of book that I help people write. So let's just put aside the fact that there are a lot of reasons to write a book that might have to do with therapy or feeling better about your life or understanding something in your life or preserving something for your family's legacy. There's lots of reasons to write a book the kind of people that I'm helping are the people that want to have an impact. And mm -hmm. you're right. Just selling 140 copies to your friends and family 
is not what that means. What yeah. that means is you, I always talk about that the reader closes the loop for a writer. The writer's got something they want to say, a message, a voice, something they want to put in the world, and the, the reader closes the loop. So you need the reader. You need that impact. And that's what people want. And that's what I, I help them get. And the intentionality around that is what is what is so missing. I mean, here's just a simple story. I'm working with a client right now who works in this space, the girl empowerment space. So like teenage mm -hmm. girl empowerment space. And yeah. it's the digital media, digital literacy, media literacy, all these ideas that the way the Me Too movement is is impacting young women, you know, all these ideas. And she has this company that does this work and she feels called to mm -hmm. To write a book and it's I've been working with her for six weeks just around what exactly is the message who exactly is the audience it's not enough to say teenage girls you know, because <laughs> <laughs> that's not an audience that's that's I don't know what that is but it's you know who needs us why do they need that why are you the one to give it to them what is mm -hmm. it that they need what are you going to give it and what are you going to leave out you know when you write a speech, um, we were talking, it was chit-chatting about this before. Yeah. If, you, if you go from a book to a speech, you've got to cut a, cut a lot out. If you go from everything that's in your head to a book, you've got to cut a lot out. So the, yep. the intentionality working with this client over, over these weeks is who is it for? What is that message? What does it mean? Why, why do you want to be in the world with that? How are you going to be in the world with that? Who's mm -hmm. going to read it? Who, you know, how are you going to connect it to your reader? All of those questions. And it's like good, rich, deep work, but it is not fast. No, no, it is not. It is not fast. It's not simple. It's not easy. It's, no. Why would it, anybody do this actually? <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> what am I thinking writing a book? <laughs> but actually, that's not a bad question because just like with your work, being a speech maker, being a book writer absolutely can elevate you to a thought leader. It happens every day. And it's, it's one of the, I wouldn't say easiest because that's what we're talking against, but it's, yeah. it's a clear path to having people pay attention to you to have a book or to have a speech. It just is. It, yeah. it's, it's, there, there is something very magic about being the one on the stage or being one with your name on the cover of the book. I mean, it just, it elevates you. It just mm -hmm. does. Yeah. So tell me, what change would you want to create? We've talked about what you're rebelling against. What do you want to create? I want to create an environment where writers have access to high quality professional guidance. The way that they used to in traditional publishing, this is what writers used to get back in the day and way back in the day, like the Hemingway Fitzgerald day with Maxwell Perkins, careers were nurtured. Writers would yeah. come into a publishing house and it was the writer they were investing in that over time, you know, you read letters between a writer like Maurice Sendak had a, an editor named Ursula Nordstrom. He's the children's book writer who yeah. wrote where the wild things are. These writers were nurtured by these, these editors over years and their projects were, were, I mean, nurtured is the best, the best word I can come up with. They were supported. They were guided. They were, they were given money, but they were also given feedback and encouragement and guidance and this overtime nurturing 
everybody understood mm -hmm. that that's the way creativity was could thrive and I want to bring some of that back for people the the sense before they're finished they can have this nurturing they can have this guidance they can have somebody in it with them in my in my one-on-one -on -one coaching work I I always say I'm like down in the muck with people in mm -hmm. that creative muck where there's doubt and there's they're not confident and they're not sure and maybe they're gonna try this out and then maybe we're gonna throw away 20 pages or 50 pages or 300 pages but that's okay because that's the process so I want to create a world where people have that I mean really it's a safe space to nurture creativity it's a safe space to bring ideas yeah. to life it doesn't have to be fast or instant or you know a million sellers right from the start that there's a space so I operate in the space you, there's a line in the sand once you're finished with a book and you're ready to bring it into the world you have to produce it you have to distribute it and you have mm -hmm. to market it and so much of publishing now is focused on that side the producing publishing distributing side yeah. that the side I'm on which is the development side the writing it side is totally squeezed out and forgotten people don't think they need it they don't think they should invest in it they don't even know that it exists mm -hmm. um, so you know a huge part of what I do is just educating people that still exists we don't have that that publishing model anymore but you can give that to yourself you can invest in that yourself yeah, I love this whole theme that you're giving around guidance, support, and nurturing, because I see some of the same things in speaking. Like, I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. It's like people want to skip to the marketing and pitching when they haven't done the groundwork of writing the speech, figuring out who the audience is, and being in that creative mess, because that's where I dwell with my clients too, is like getting down and dirty with their message to figure yeah. out what it is. Yeah, we're doing exactly the same thing, and it, the world doesn't like it in some ways. They, they want, you're right, the, the biggest mistake I see writers make is rushing the process at every stage they rush to start they rush in the middle as soon as they have a rough draft they think they're done they so they rush to publish and those are the writers that's what I was saying before badly those are the writers that are frustrated and and think that the system is rigged and think that you have to know someone to sell a book and you know they have all the complaints because they they've just rushed every part of the mm -hmm. process I mean I had a guy come to me <laughs> it was just crazy. He came to me. It was before Thanksgiving of last year. So it was, let's call it October. Mm -hmm. and, and he wanted to hire me. He's perfectly willing to pay my prices, which are high. And, and he said, um, I'm ready to start this book and I want to I wanna publish it uh, for Christmas. So it's, it was like seven weeks from when he contacted me. Oh my and, gosh. And I said, that's not what I do. No, no, thank you. You know, and he was there with his money. But, mm -hmm. but it, was, it, was, it was like that's crazy you're crazy I don't want to have anything to do with you or that or that project because it's not gonna work I don't care who you are I mean you can hear a story I'm turning to look at my bookshelf to see if I can pick pick a writer like you could go hear a famous writer whoever a famous mm -hmm. writer is who said they wrote a book in eight weeks in a flash of brilliance like that that story is out there that happens but I can almost guarantee it's not gonna happen to you yeah. whoever you are if, if it was it probably already would have happened to you that that sort of flash of brilliance thing the rest of us just have to 
make our way through that you know those of us who are mm -hmm. not touched by the hand of God in that yeah. way yeah uh, you know, or some ideas do come fully baked or fully formed, but really you should tell yourself that yours is not that idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know that's like what I'm struggling with with my book as well. I'm like, oh, I thought this was fully baked and no, I need to do some more research and slow down and, you know, really be a good steward of the book. And I do think it is that yeah, like writers aren't nurtured anymore. There's not like that salon where they can share ideas and talk right. through things and have an editor who is super supportive. So I love the vision that you're creating. Well, and another place where people encounter a lot of damage is writers groups because mm -hmm. writers groups tend to have a lot of jealousy and envy. There's oftentimes one person in the group sort of hits on a win before the rest of them and they're they I don't know they put each other down and I know this this happens in writers groups because I see the fallout all the time when people mm. come to me or come to my book coaches and they they say things like well my writers group loves it or the opposite my writers group thinks it's terrible and I'm making some mistake and I should make you know totally change the structure around or whatever their thing is and oftentimes there's there's no um, why behind those opinions that that the writer's been given they have there's that idea of nurturing and support is just absent completely in that feedback and I, I operate on the model that um, Ed Catmull delineates so beautifully in his book um, creativity Inc it's mm -hmm. about the starting of Pixar he was oh yeah one of the two people who started Pixar and he talks about the brain trust at Pixar and how the brain trust um, nurtures movies and he tells a story it's an amazing story in Creativity Inc about Toy Story and how the character Woody started out as this sort of nasally irritating weak dumb little cowboy toy mm -hmm. and then he turned out how did he turn out to be this heroic you know, fully 3D character who we just, who makes us cry. Like, how do you go from that cardboard cutout to the, that kind of character? And what the brain trust does is nurture the idea. And mm -hmm. they don't bash the idea. They, they look at it with logic. They look at it with strategy. And, and we're talking here about a, a story, but with a, a nonfiction book, it's absolutely all the same thing. To, to nurture what is that writer's vision how can we bring that vision to life what's not translating between the writer's head and the page mm -hmm. you know how can we make that idea the best that it can be and it's that it's that process that has gotten squeezed out of publishing that I uh, am putting a flag in the ground for the yeah. the process of um, sustained nurturing over time to help people's ideas become fully baked. Mm -hmm. So I know you were looking for your three word rebellion and you hadn't quite landed on it. It's oh, something about like nurturing, right? Like that is a big theme for you. It's like nurture idea, nurture your writing. It's something around that because it's the one word you've been saying like a billion times over. Right? I know, I know. And I think it's the, you know, that's the transformation you really want to create for your writers. So for me, when you're like, nurture your ideas, nurture your writing, I was like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like that to me is the essence of what you want to be creating in this world. 
Yeah, so the tagline that we use at Author Accelerator is this time you will finish your book and you will finish strong. With the idea being that with that sustained support and nurturing, you're, most people don't finish, right? They start mm -hmm. a book and they don't finish because it's hard or they get stuck or they get yeah. confused. And they don't and have they, anyone to talk to. Right. And they, and they, or they get shot down or they lose their confidence or they lose, you know, their faith, which is a thing that happens to every writer because how could it not when you're working on a project over a year or two years, of course you're going to lose faith and have doubt and they don't know that that's normal. So they get stuck and they don't even finish. And the reason they don't finish um, is the same reason they don't finish strong, which is they don't start strong. So it's all about get that mm -hmm. nurturing and support and guidance so you will finish and finish strong, that it's all, you know, I use the analogy all the time about building a house and you have to build a strong foundation if you want your house to stand up. And yeah. Most, like we were talking about earlier, writers just want to skip to picking paint colors and, mm -hmm. you know, the furniture, which is super fun. But... <laughs> You know, pouring concrete is not so fun and figuring out what you're going to, what shape that house is going to be, but that's the work and mm -hmm. that's where writers need the support. Yeah. And I'm thinking another possible one because a three word rebellion can be between two to five words. I have a little flexibility in this framework, <laughs> <laughs> but something along the lines, nurture to finish strong. Like that could almost be the mantra for your comp com company, like nurture to finish strong, nurture to finish, like. I love it. I yeah. Love it. Or maybe, um, yeah, I love it. Support, support to finish strong. I'm thinking of that alliteration, right? Yeah, support but, to finish strong. Something along those lines, because I think, that, you know, as you've been talking through it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the essence that she's getting to. Well, what's so great about what you do and what you're doing with the three-word rebellion is, you know, I'm a person who, I've been a book coach for eight years, probably nine years actually now, and I have a company with 26 book coaches that work for me and like I, I'm doing the thing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm running a business. It's going very well. Things are cooking. It's all good. And, and if you were to say to me, you know, can you answer all these questions on your three word rebellion worksheet? I would say, well, yeah, duh. I mean, it's all like, that's why I'm doing well. Cause I know all this, I've done all this work. But the fact of the matter is that when you actually get down to do it, it's really hard. And that's the point I'm making. It's the point you're making. It's uh, we're showing it right now. I should be a person that could like give a three word thing in a heartbeat. I've got yes. taglines. I got mission statements. I got, you know, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know who I say no to. I, I know all the things, but to boil it down the way that you push people to boil it down is hard. It's hard. And your core belief, which I know we share is you really can't do it by yourself. No, no. And I, I, I think that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like I wouldn't have come up with the three word rebellion if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> because it was all sitting there and you were yeah. able just to like take the pieces and put them together. And I was like, oh yeah, this is my thing. Like this is what I want to be known for. It's what I want to talk about. It's the it's what I want to give people so that they can be clear with their message and get out there and do the work they want to do. But, um, like I would have never gotten there without you. Which so. is hilarious because the name of your company has rebel in it. I mean, I that's hilarious. And, you know, I, I think that doing creative work of any kind 
it's very hard to get out of your own head and mm -hmm. see how that idea is going to impact out in the world. And that's what a really good support professional is going to do. Someone yes. like you, somebody like me, a really good PR person is going to do that to help you craft what is your message, a really good brand person. All these professional helpers are about that same idea of mm -hmm. How do you distill it down? And your question about, well, what would the world look like if, if people yeah. had nurturing? Well, ask me the question. Yeah, what would, it, what would the world look like <laughs> if people had nurturing? That's my next question. Right? So um, that's the thing that, I mean, I just would love to see authors taking the time to do it right and taking the time to honor their idea and to respect their idea and respect themselves through this process. And to avoid all that quick, quick rush to print frustration that just causes so much angst and unhappiness. And so in my, in my world, writers believe that they're worthy of nurturing and they have the time and to, to do it. And the industry supports writers that have done that. And mm. I think that that would be a lovely world. I think it would too. Yeah. So I have one final question yes, since I have you here. And this is something <laughs> you and I've talked about before. So what comes first, the speech, the book, the course? What do you think? Right? That's <laughs> like the chicken and the egg question. <laughs> so what's really fun, um, we should probably do a, a webinar or something on this because it's really fun. It's, it's like, you know, that funny saying, if, if you go to a surgeon, they're going to prescribe surgery. And if you go to a therapist, they're going to prescribe therapy. And, yes. you know, like if somebody comes to you, you're going to say, well, let's do the speech first. And if, if they come to me, I'm going to say, let's do the book first. And if they go to a course curriculum development person, they're going to say, let's do the course first. And really, I think the answer there is you can get to where you need to go through any one of these doorways. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a right way. And oftentimes, I have a lot of clients, I'm sure you do as well, that want all three things. They yes. come to me and they want a book and they want a course and they want a speech because a, a speech a speech making career is how writers make money. You don't make mm -hmm. money from the book, you know, newsflash. You make money from being in the world as a thought leader, doing the workshops, doing the, the coaching, doing the training, being mm -hmm. a person who, I mean, you look at someone like, Susan Cain, the author of Quiet, or yeah. Renee Brown, the author of All the Things. Um, or, you know, these women now have incredible businesses around uh, training other people in their ideas and, and how to do the work that they have in their books. So usually people want all the things. And mm -hmm. so if they come to me and they're asking that question as well, what should I do first? It, you know, it doesn't matter. I think it's whatever they're called to do first. Yeah. And I think people are called to any one of these pillars um, for different reasons. Um, you know, giving, giving a speech is a thing people ultimately want to, to be able to do, but it's also quite terrifying for a mm -hmm. lot of people that, you know, what do they say? That's one of the um, biggest fears of yes. people. So they've got to get over that hurdle. So I would imagine that people who come to you are either ready to confront that hurdle or they, they don't have it. And same, same with people who come to me, if they're coming with the book first, it's usually because in their, 
youth or earlier in their life, they wanted to be a writer. They thought about mm -hmm. being a writer. They thought it'd be cool. They, yes. it's kind of been a thing nagging at mm -hmm. them for a long time. And that's a thing that they could do that, you know, they feel called to that. And so I think, and the same could be with developing a course or curriculum. You can get into this pathway through any one of those processes but the thing that's important, I think, to say is that the more work you do on the one, the easier it will be to do the others, but they're not the same thing at all. No, no. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. I had a consult a couple of weeks ago and she was like, well, should I do a speech or should I do a book? And she had been doing a ton of writing. Like she had a ton of writing at her disposal. And I'm like, it seems to me like you've created all of all of this writing so far. I would say do the book first because you have a body of work that you're working with and then you can call it down into a speech. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking before we started recording about, you know, it really depends on how you best work. Like if you are the type of person who it's easier for you to expand, then start with a speech because it's going to be much sp smaller. But if right. you're the type of person who's it's easy to like take what you've created and then narrow it down, then do the book first. Right, right. It's, I mean, it's very interesting how those things all fit together. I, I, was, I was working with a new client who, she comes from a leadership, business leadership, like a Fortune 100 company business leadership and has very strong ideas and was very called to write a book and she wanted to write a memoir. So mm -hmm. she could have written a leadership guidebook type of a thing or a steps or a, you know, a how to self-help, yeah. but she was really called to write her story and her memoir, which is why she ended up with me. And, but in the work that we did, the nurturing of the idea work, we had to think through, okay, what will that book look like? That would be your second book or your third book. If you're going to write a memoir first, but you're going to be doing these speeches and workshops and and all this, mm -hmm. you're going to have a whole business around this idea. What's the book going to look like that is the how-to book? Let's think yeah. about that while we're thinking about what's in the, the memoir. And let's think about what that course is going to be. And can we bake in some of the same concepts or ideas to the memoir so that they're, they're aligned? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, so we think about all of those things knowing that once she gets to writing the how-to book, that's going to be a different entity and a different thing. And it's going yeah. to take that same amount of discernment. And then when she goes to do the speech, she's still going to need to do what you do with people. She's yeah. still going to need to say, okay, I've gotten, I have the memoir. I have the self-help book. I have the class from the self-help book. What's my speech? You know, yeah. what are my three points? What is my three word rebellion? What is my, what stories do I tell? I've got 4 million stories in the book, which three do I tell? And yeah. And it becomes like, and making sure that the speech actually leads to the book or to the course or to the workshop, because it is this very strategic piece. Like the speeches, I always, I, even though I hate funnels, like if you see the speech is like the top of the funnel yeah. <laughs> or one of my past um, guests on the show, he's described it. It's the appetizer <laughs> <laughs> for your business. And so yeah. it, what initially like attracts people in. And so you have to be thinking like, yeah, like how does 
everything fit together. And that is almost like, that's a strategic spot that I don't think you can do on your own either. Absolutely not. And, and it's so interesting because the further I go in as a business owner, my own self, I was really influenced by Jen Sincero's book, You Were a Badass and You Were yes. a Badass at Making Money. Mm-hmm. She has a message that is so powerful about spending money at the level you're asking people to pay your own self. So in other words, my one-on-one book coaching prices are, are very high. I think they're very high. And I sometimes will, would say, I would never spend that much money, <laughs> you know, and her, her um, teaching is that, that you should spend that much money so that you can see what it feels like and see what it's like to ask for help and see what, what sort of, you know, just what it feels like. And the most interesting thing has happened to me since I started practicing that. Mm-hmm. I, I recently hired a business strategist person to help me kind of with some branding identity things around my growing yeah. businesses. You know, I chose someone and I did all my homework and I interviewed and I picked her and, and then I learned, and it was a lot of money. It was equivalent to what people would pay me. And and it was just really interesting watching that process of making that decision in my own self and how scary it is to invest money in a professional guide. You don't know if it's going to work. There's no guarantee. No. The particular package that I chose is actually a one-day package. You buy this person for the whole day. It's very expensive. But it was like that sounded so cool to me. And, you know, just going through that experience. But the thing that was so fascinating to me is once I said yes to her and we got into the whole realm, I learned a lot of the people that she's worked with are these people you and I have mentioned, these very prominent business people who we see with these big businesses and these big brands and these big ideas. Well, guess what? They had a lot of help to get there. They probably, if, you know, Mm -hmm. if they did a a TED talk that has 2 million viewers, they probably had a speechwriter. If they wrote a book that has, you know, millions of copies sold, they probably had somebody nurturing them along the way, whether that was an editor at a publishing house or before they got there. You know, if they've got courses, they had course curriculum help. Mm-hmm. why would we think that one person would, would be able to do all these things? And it turns out that they don't. <laughs> they don't. And that's such a revelation to me because, you know, we look at someone like a, a Brandy Brown or a, a Susan Cain who's got that big brand, big yeah. thing, and we think, oh, they just, they just got lucky or they just did that or they just – and it's like, no, they invested in that. They honored their ideas. They, they invested energy and time and money and found yeah. experts to help them. It's, it's such a revelation to me. <laughs> no, I mean, and I, well, I mean, I'm the same way. Well, I'm always a big believer in coaching and getting help. Like I do that all the time. But I, I think for a lot of people, like for my clients, they like walk away and they're like, oh man, I got a speech and I also got clarity on what my core message is. And I have all these talking points I can use on podcasts and I have a hashtag for social media. And it's like, and, 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 and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so much more than a speech. And they would have never gotten there on their own. Like, I feel like I should entitle this <laughs> podcast interview, nurture yourself already, like just right? help. <laughs> well, and I, the reason it's interesting, cause you, you pulled out that idea and I wrote it down, nurture, nurture your idea. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I love that. Like when I look at that and I think about what I do, I think, yeah, that's exactly what I do. Nurture your idea, give it time and space, give it respect, honor it. Like that's so good. But I worry that nurture sounds so super touchy feely. It sounds like going to the spa. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's not a bad idea, but it, but it, you know, I think of what I do as like, I'm pretty tough, just like you are. You push even in your, um, your um, download that people can, can do, the, the worksheet around the mm-hmm. three-word rebellion, you push pretty hard. You're, you know, you're like, it's got to be three words. Maybe it could be five words, but it's not 10 words. And, mm-hmm. you know, and write on this for 15 minutes. Don't write on this for half an hour. And this can't be negative. Like you're pushing hard because you're tough because you know what it needs. And I, I am really tough. And the and the pushback that I give to people to get their idea to become the best it can be mm-hmm. is very tough. And that's the reason why I hesitate around nurture. So like for me, I'm going to be thinking about this a while. I'm going to let it percolate. Yeah. I'm going to test it out with people and to see what their response is. Like that's a process that's got to happen. And well, and I also think you have to think of your three-word rebellion as the end point. So you, you won't be, I mean, you might begin with nurture your ideas because I think there are some people like that feels so good to me. Like there's some yeah. care and compassion in that, which I, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like the end point of the conversation because at the end of the day, you want to create a space where people are nurturing their ideas. They are growing them. They are feeling taken care of and taking that totally. time. So there is that luxurious feeling around it. So I think, yeah, like sit with it and see, you'll have to let, you'll have to let us know. <laughs> I know, but it's so great because it's just proof that even for somebody who's so clear on what I do and what my value proposition is and who I do it for. Like, I'm so clear about that. It's still hard to do this and you still need to take the time to do it. It's great. It's a great proof of that. Awesome. Well, tell everyone where they can find you online. You can find me. Um, I have a fantastic offer that is an evergreen offer at authoraccelerator.com. So it's, it's authoraccelerator.com backslash blueprint workshop. So if you go to that um, URL, there's a six-day writing challenge where I, I give you the first week of my Blueprint for a Book program, which is a program that I use to nurture people's ideas. And um, it's usually a six-week uh, process. And you get week one, and you can go in there and see what the prompts are, what the lessons are, what we do to help people start thinking about their idea, start laying this foundation. What really is this? And it, it comes as free, it comes delivered by email and you get, there's videos, there's lessons, there's exercises, and you can get a sense of what it would be like to be guided in this way. So it's um, authoraccelerator.com backslash blueprint workshop. People also can come to JennyNash.com. I exist there as well. (laughs) Awesome. And I do highly recommend if you are interested in writing a book to take Jenny up on that offer because it will give you some strategic thinking behind your book and you can nurture your idea. So thank you so much, Jenny, for being on the Rebel Speaker Podcast. It's so fun and I'm so fun to be um, part of your growing and, and developing of your idea, which I think is just brilliant and necessary and needed. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Speaker Podcast. If you're loving this show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It is the best way for speakers like you to find out about us. And you can learn more about Communication Rebels coaching and consulting services that help business owners and speakers make a bigger impact with their message while building a speaking business on their own terms at drmichellemazur.com. 